editing the latest podcast and realized I hadn't done my intro. So I've got up, I've come in the room, in the office, everything's set up, ready to go. We'll pump these intros out quick and let you get straight into the action. Check out my boy Tiny Sumo's podcast for all fight-related things. He gets some... Uh, some some big names, and he asks he asks the obscure questions. And they're not gonna he's not gonna ask you um, what's your favorite color. He actually knows what he's talking about, does his research. Uh, grassroots Australian, and now starting to branch out, dealing with some UFC UFC commentators, UFC fighters, the big names. He interviewed Robin Black the other day. I was very jealous. Uh, check out my boy Tony Sumo. If you're in Adelaide, check out Macro Meals Adelaide. Get some uh, get some food. Uh, if you need a haircut, don't go to Robbie's Chop Shop under any circumstances. Definitely don't go to Robbie's Chop Shop. Uh, and if you'd like to try Jammu, our product, we've got the ready-to-drink and the bulk pack. I recommend the bulk pack because you can just ready-to-drink, make it yourself at home. Uh, we have 20% off with the coupon code DCE Podcast, And we're also trialing out a new money-back guarantee. You try Jammu. If you don't like it for any reason, we'll give you 110% back of your purchase price. So we're putting our money where our mouth is. We're trialing that for a month just in case, uh, I don't know, you don't know these things. Maybe some gypsies will try and trick us, and we end up order a, a billion, a billion units, and then return them all, and we get we get we get the old shifty. So it is limited to maximum of a hundred dollars. So you can't make money off of us. You can't can't get tricky. But we want to give you a free trial. If you don't like it, sixty days. Send us a motion. Say, hey Matt, hey James, this is shit. I want my money back, and we'll sort you out. Uh, today's podcast, Damien Slater. It's a good podcast. Talk about pro wrestling. Uh, as we get into, I, don't, I haven't watched pro wrestling for probably at least ten years, but I've but I have watched hundreds of hours of YouTube breakdowns on pro wrestling and played the the new PlayStation game. Weird cat. I don't get. I don't understand me. Uh, it doesn't make sense. But got to ask some good questions. Got a little bit more of an insight. It was uh, it was interesting. It lets me lets me helps me with my Jimmy Bang Bang stuff as well. If you notice, Jimmy Bang Bang's not here. Where's Jimmy Bang Bang? All right, enjoy the podcast. I'll kiss you on the lips and take you Italy. <laughs> that is a classic. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Anyway, no time for nonsense. Gotta get down to business. We're gonna get straight to the point. We've got no time for nonsense. No time for messing around. Straight to the point. No time for fluffing about. You're straight to it. Just straight to the point. Just gonna get on with it. Better not be honey with me, bro. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. I'm Peter Zane. Now, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you, from the depths of our twisted imaginations, the DCE Pirate Radio Podcast. That doesn't make any sense. The Pirate Radio Podcast, my friend. You're such an idiot. <laughs> Welcome to the next exciting episode of DC Pirate Radio. No Jimmy Bang Bang today, so that's that's good for everyone. I think he's playing football, most likely sitting on the bench doing football instead of doing fun things like we're doing. Uh, today's guest, Damien Slater, all things pro wrestling. I'm going to ask stupid, stupid questions. Um, so you're in Sydney at the moment. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm in Sydney for a show. I actually, um, I had a show last night, Friday night in Sydney. Um, on, I think it was a day and a half's notice. So one of the wrestlers over here ended up breaking their hand and I got the call up last minute and, and jetted over here for a bit of a whirlwind. So I'm... In here, sitting at the moment at their training school, um, where there's a few seminars going on at the moment. So if you hear any loud noises and stuff, that's exactly what it is. But yeah, I'm a little, little, little overtired, little restless. Um, so that's good. You, you get, you get way better answers out of me. Exactly. Get people where they're, get people where they're vulnerable. <laughs> that's right. No filter. 
So how does that work? Did they just like put the bat signal up or do they call you directly? Yeah, just call me directly. Um, yeah. I think at the moment there's a lot of different bases. In, in like Every city has a major base or a major wrestling promotion. There's a lot of little ones as well, but yeah. all of the larger ones tend to work together in terms of um, talent sharing and that kind of stuff. So I'm fortunate enough to work for most of them on a semi-regular basis. So if they ever need anyone, they kind of have their select few people they would go to. So, yeah, it's just relationship building and that kind of thing. And, yeah, fortunately, I was the person they chose to step in last minute. So there you go. So you get the call, what, a day and a half ago? Yeah. And then you're on a plane, what, a day later? A day, oh, less than a day later, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got the call up. Had to um, tell the boss back home that I couldn't make it the next day. And <laughs> quickly get the get the bags packed and off you go. So what's the so that's from Perth to Sydney? What's that, like a five-hour flight? Uh, yeah, it was about five hours yep. and I, w- I had to go overnight. So I left at 1am per time and then got in at 7.30 in the morning Sydney time and yep. then um, pretty much straight to the venue all day, just hanging around, trying to sleep under a table where, where we can. And then, um, I mean, this, like, we, it sounds crazy, but that's honestly what we're used to. Like, every, every interstate journey tends to be a little less glamorous than people probably think. It's a lot of fly in, go to the venue find a quiet space to, to get ready and then you fly out ASAP. So always a whirlwind. I ma- yeah, I imagine it's very similar to the MMA thing is everyone always thinks that it's like you see the exciting parts, you see a five-minute YouTube clip about yes. the fun parts of the trip. You don't realize that was 48 hours of Absolutely. doing sango like with no money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got my exactly. flights paid for. That's great. And here's a, here's a shitty hotel. Yeah, I think, I think um, MMA on the independent level, uh, especially like in Australia, from what I saw with, with friends promoting shows and things like that, very similar to what we do in pro wrestling. Yeah. Just in terms, just in terms of the fact that you know your backstage area is is, is one or two rooms set up with some makeshift mats on the ground, and yeah. you've probably got like a little fruit platter at best in the corner. But that's um, it's a it's it's always a lot less glamorous than I think a lot of fans think. Um, they they obviously see us as these big stars or these big larger than life characters but yeah um you know we're all kind of all kind of grassroots we're in it together <laughs> yeah. and, and, and we're trying to we're trying to build something but i mean things have picked up in australia the last few years like things have gotten really big on the independent level which is is great but um yeah no we're still we're still hustling is it hit and miss i know in mma like you don't know what you're gonna get until you rock up at the venue sometimes mm. um yeah. yeah, sometimes it's going full your water bottle up at that pat, and sometimes they're <laughs> they're actually quite good. Yeah, uh, I would say it's a lot more hit and miss than MMA would be um, because I, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but MMA often has commissions and things like that. So if you are that um, if you are that inexperienced, or if there's that much of a gap between ability, uh, I believe that you probably wouldn't be allowed to fight or whatever, or yeah. at least the promoter would be a bit more savvy. There's a lot more on the line. Whereas here, you tend to have, uh, like I was saying, you tend to have one or two major promotions in each city, yep. and they they're the ones who are getting all the press and, and drawing big crowds and this and that, and using all the best talent. Um, and you always have four to five other little promotions that uh, people call them outlaw promotions. Yep. And it's usually a situation where someone who maybe isn't skilled enough, or for whatever reason wanted more power, um, decided to start their own. Yeah. shoot promotion and I mean people aren't going to work 
for the smaller ones that that don't have the fan bases and don't pay as well and don't have the following so they tend to get the the talent who are just desperate for any opportunity so it's probably very similar in that respect but the the difference between the two in terms of ability is is unreal like you know it's almost it's almost something that we we struggle with in terms of you'll get someone who's quite new and and maybe they're a fan of pro wrestling and then they want to come see a local show and they hear there's something nearby and then they go and see it and they realize very quickly that this promotion or whatever they're about to see is not in any way professional. Yeah. But then they, they might get an overall picture of the whole Australian scene as being something not worth seeing. I'm sure MMA, very similar. You get UFC fans who come to a local show that perhaps doesn't have the same, doesn't have a high level of talent and they've just formed their opinion and will never come back again. So that's where we struggle and that's what we're trying to break a lot of the stigma around local independent professional wrestling. It's interesting with MMA because it's you get more the local scene, people know what they're talking about. Like most people sure. that are watching MMA mm-hmm. locally have trained or know someone who trains. There's always people that yep. want to have a beer. But then like, I notice the contrast the other way when I go see a UFC, it's just mm. all yobbos. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's, because oh, yeah. it starts at like six o'clock in the morning here. Yep. So the television's good for America. And yeah, you yep. just see some dude that has no idea what he's doing, seven o'clock in the morning, drunk yep. on his head, just yep. yelling shit out. That's what I thought. I mean, yeah. I've been to quite a few local MMA events in all around Australia, and um, I've actually been pretty impressed at the professionalism and, and the the fan base. Just yeah. very savvy fans who are who are there for the right reasons and not just there to kind of scream out karate kid quotes and things <laughs> like that. So, um, uh, again, very different. We'll have at these big shows. We'll have brilliant fans who follow along know exactly what's going on are, are super respectful um and who you just love performing for and then every now and then i will i will wrestle on a show that that um isn't quite the same and, i mean you'll go from from one demographic to a complete different demographic and that's where i start fearing for my safety yeah do you still get many people that get a little bit too invested uh not not anymore um, when I when I started, I, I started training in 2002 and uh, made my debut in 2003. I was quite young. I was only uh, 14, 15 when I started. But, um, I mean, in, in Adelaide, a lot of the shows were at Elizabeth at the Octagon Theatre. Yeah. And um, and we did shows at Salisbury and Port Adelaide. And um, a lot of venues that I guess were probably a bit cheaper, yeah. which made it a bit more affordable. Um, but then in, in saying that, Cheaper venues, cheaper ticket price, and it, it the the yeah the, the types of crowds we got were were interesting to say yeah. the least. Um, and wrestling's changed in general. Back then, it was it was just a different product. It's it's almost had a bit of a resurgence over the last five or so years, and it's it's become a bit of a, a different niche audience. It's um, it's almost like a, a a form of entertainment for eighteen to thirty five year olds, whereas yeah. when I started. It was a lot more kids and families and things like that, and people who weren't as cluey and savvy into what we were doing. So, um, yeah, there were moments early on when we had to stay backstage until security had cleared everyone off because we had <laughs> threats and, and 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 threats against our safety and things like that. And um, people kind of kept character a lot more. Like if you were a heel or a bad guy, you were almost expected to not show your face after the show. Yeah. Um, and if you ever saw a fan or a fan ever approached you, you would stay in character. 
whereas the good guys would go out and mingle and, and take photos and things like that. Whereas nowadays um, you, you go to an independent show and, and at halftime or after the show, basically every member of the roster is out there selling merchandise, taking pictures. Um, you know, you, you still want to keep a bit of mystique, but people kind of know what's going on and, and they respect you for the performance rather than being emotionally invested in, in terms of you being a bad guy or a good guy. There would be, so I imagine that'd be really fun though to have that character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get, you get to play out something in a, in a safe controlled environment where you can't get bashed or, or imprisoned. <laughs> so, yeah. um, for me, like, I've always loved being a heel um, since I first started, and uh, I think it's because in my in my regular life, I was I was never really that person. Um, I was always quite just a pretty friendly, normal kid. Like, yeah. uh, didn't really get into much trouble and things like that. So it's almost like you get to be someone different, and then other people prefer to be themselves and kind of just turn the volume up a little bit. Yeah, so, there's definitely um, something appealing about being a heel. I'm with you. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I think for most people, that's the case. Um, it's just more fun. You get to do more. You get to, you know, rile up the audience and and that kind of thing. And and there's just a lot more elements involved in terms of being a heel compared to being a face. But in saying that, it's a lot harder now because, um, you know, it's the same with, with uh, MMA and UFC. Like Conor McGregor, on the surface, is is the biggest heel in in fighting. Like, yeah, he's he's a cocky guy who. Who talks smack about his opponents and 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 all sorts of stuff, but you know he's one. He's probably the most polarizing, but also popular figure in MMA ever. And that's the same with wrestling. The, the guys who are a little bit edgy, a little bit more risque with what they do, they're the ones who are actually getting cheered now. Everyone loves a bad guy that's kind of got a good heart. Yeah, that yeah, seems to sure. play itself out. It's like yeah, I want the, I want you to be a bit of a dick, but I don't want you to yeah. do anything too rough. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, don't don't cross the line too much, but walk the line as much yeah. as you can. And you see it blending over in MMA heaps at the moment, and like I think partly from Conor McGregor, and partly because like you make more money from bringing people into the seats than you do from being mm-hmm. the best in the world. I think that's yep. a it's 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 unfortunate depending on your point of view, but like mm. it's not a pure who whoever's the best is the best. Like you know, at the end no. of the day, you're making money if you can bring mm-hmm. fifty thousand people in. That's important. Definitely. It goes for all sports. Um, if you follow like a lot of American sports, a, a, a down period many years ago when they started bringing a lot more entertainment into it. Um, you know, ice, ice hockey, it seemed like they were encouraging fights and things yeah. like that and a lot more promo time and talk time. And as much as, as much as they bag out the people who are cocky and arrogant and this and that, they're the ones getting all the press and getting all the, all the attention. So, I think it goes for everyone. Um, you know, we're living in an entertainment age. People want to be entertained. And uh, unfortunately, you might be the best best wrestler, best fighter, best whatever in the world. But um, if you don't offer anything that's going to bring bring people to seats and sell tickets, then you're not going to be as as uh, highly sought after as someone who, who can do that. So what's the – say someone wants to get into pro wrestling. What's mm-hmm. the learning curve? Like how long – before you could be on stage? Uh, it, it differs. Like we have, um, we have a lot of different pro wrestling schools around the country now. And, yeah. and most promotions will have one attached, especially the major promotions. Yeah. So like I'm here in Sydney and, and, and anytime I'm here, I'll help out and run a training session or a seminar. And same goes for Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, 
etc so really it's just the case of joining a training school most of them will have a tryout that you have to pass there's yeah. still there's still a bit of an old school element of you kind of have to pay your dues and, and earn your spot yeah and um you know you, you do a tryout which is usually pretty grueling and then if you get accepted you, you just start training and learning under experienced coaches but uh, in terms of you know making a way to a show it, it can be anywhere from six months to five years i've seen people take four years to get onto a show and have a proper match um everyone develops differently yeah. uh, it took me eight months i think and i was quite quick quite a quick learner when i started mm. um but in saying that wrestling now i think has a lot more popularity in terms of people wanting to do it so if you think about it you've got a promotion which has 30 members of the roster yeah now for a trainee to to make their way onto that main roster you're now competing with 30 people who have 10 years plus experience mm. so it's a lot harder to get there and and you you'll find now there's a lot of a lot of hidden talent that have made their way into shows and are taking longer to get there um and that also means there's there's many talent who aren't getting there they're getting frustrated after a year and thinking nah i'm on board of this onto the next adventure it's a little bit different to the way amateur sports work mm. where you train up, you play for the C team and then the B team and then the A team. There's kind of one team yeah. and until you're on that team, you're just training and that's it. Do you get many people that just want to train? Uh, there are, there are. We yeah. have we have a few, but it, it's rare. It's yeah. rare, honestly. Um, I think that the beauty of pro wrestling is the performance is everything yeah. and the um, – the adrenaline rush comes from performing in front of fans Um, to kind of peel back the curtain a little. Everything we do is, is targeted towards the psychology of an audience. And um, you know, if you know anything about pro wrestling and and how it all works, um, it's not necessarily scripted. It's not necessarily start to finish. Here's exactly what we're doing. A lot of it is actually uh, improv and, and reading a crowd and reacting and responding to what they do and, in the same way a comedian might change up their jokes and go a different direction. If it's not working, we do the same in a match. So as much as we're thinking about our opponent, we're actually also, we've always got an ear and an eye on what the crowd are doing and, hey, this isn't working. We're going to mix it up. We're going to put this in. And that is also why it is so hard to get into it and to get good enough that you can actually wrestle in front of the paying audience. Does that, is the result up to interpretation sometimes as well or is that always kind of... No, no, the results always. I mean, it's, it's like a, people always ask what you compare it to, and I say it's kind of like um, it's kind of like stunt theatre. Yeah. Um, it's theatre in that everything goes to plan, um, but it's different to theatre in that we don't do the same show every night. It's not like a, an ongoing performance. Every yeah. single show is different, different matches, different outcome, and there's normally a, a writing team or a creative team who will write you know, a year or two two years worth of storylines and and almost like episodic TV. That, yeah. They'll write things out and uh, you'll get usually loose guidelines and there you go. You've kind of got to build your own magic from there. And how do you get – do you have to be friends with the writers or do you just have to be getting good <laughs> – like how do you make it so you get good storylines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> The, the biggest question I get is, do you do you get paid more to lose? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is no, you definitely don't. You get the same no matter what. Yeah. Uh, because we, we all know what's going on and, and it, like it's not about winning and that kind of thing. Like, yeah, winning can put you on to bigger things and um, 
if you're winning uh, and, and having opportunities to go for championships and things like that, you're obviously going to be a little bit more in the spotlight. So, so winning doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you're losing every match, that would probably matter. But I think any any promotion that's worth worth its weight, they are very fair in terms of the way they write storylines, and and they're going to go for the people who are the best. Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're a top top ten talent in that promotion in that company, they're going to put you the spotlight on you. You're going to get uh, bigger main events, longer matches. Um, bigger opportunities to really steal the show. Whereas someone who's new may uh, only get matches sporadically. Their whole purpose is to make someone else look good. They're almost like a supporting character in a, in a TV show. Yeah. Um, and they'll be on every, every now and then and, and only have a small role. And if they can do really well in their small part as an extra, then they can work their way up to a bigger role. So it very much is like a, like a TV show in that respect. Mm. There have been situations where politics come into it and maybe a promoter or a, a writer has someone that they're favouring because of friendship or whatever. But yeah. pe- people see through that stuff and, and that kind of stuff just doesn't float, especially these days. Um, yeah, there's, there, there's too much writing on it and this, the egos are way too fragile to deal with stuff like that. Is it, is it lucrative? Like, do you, do you get paid well? Uh, it depends where you go. So yeah. in in Australia, um, it's it's better than it ever has been. Yeah. Um, it's not enough to pay the bills for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, if if you, the problem is is distance between cities. So Perth is my home base at the moment. I'll wrestle in Perth maybe every month. Sometimes you have a month where you get quite a few, and then you have another month which is pretty dry. Mm. Um, I tend to get pretty good bookings in Adelaide and Melbourne and Sydney and all that kind of stuff. But maybe at, at best I might wrestle maybe like four or five times a month. Yeah. Um, and at the lowest, maybe once or twice. So, you know, you might get a really good payday for that, but that's not going to support you for an entire month. Yeah. I do, I do training on the side to, to supplement that, but I also work a full time job as pretty much everyone in the country does. There's yeah. only, I think there's a couple who, who don't and live off it. Um, but they wouldn't be living well, and they those people would also be uh, heading overseas for long periods so they can make a good amount of money and come home and live off that. Because the overseas, um, yeah, the overseas schedule is a lot, a lot more, a lot longer, mm-hmm. and uh, they do have, I would say, they have better paydays for the most part. So you go to like a UK or, or a USA or a Japan, yeah. and every so close that you know you might do four five shows a week and um yeah it really adds up so that's that's kind of where everyone's goal is mm-hmm. if you're an australian wrestler is to start making a name in other countries and and then hopefully getting noticed by the big guns so is is wwe like the goal like ufc is the goal i can imagine there's a few other promotions that are <clears throat> close but is that is that yeah. really where everyone's going they're trying to get uh I, I would imagine that almost everyone involved in MMA would want to go to UFC. That's that's kind of where I think it would be. I know there's like Bellator and there's, there's 1FC and plenty yeah. of others, but I would think UFC is the mecca, just like WWE is the mecca. Yeah. Difference is now there's a lot of other promotions in the world that do a very different product that also pay the bills. Yeah. And, and 
there's, uh, I mean, to some extent, some of them you could even make more, more money than in WWE. Yeah. Because you get to dictate your own schedule and you can ask for as much or as little money as you want. Um, WWE is, is often very seen as a very PG product, especially the last few years or last decade. It's 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 targeted towards kids, yeah. very PC, very politically correct. And there's a lot of other promotions who are getting bigger and bigger. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is another one. Yeah. And they focus more on the athletic side of things. So they're more about the pure um, competition and they tend to target a more 18 to 35 year demographic. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I was speaking to it. So some of the crew last night and just seeing, you know, you always ask people when yeah. you see them, you know, what do you want to get out of this? Like where, where do you, where are you looking ahead? And it used to be WWE. That was everyone's end goal, be all and end all. And there are so many people now that are saying, you know, if they, if WWE asked me, I'd actually probably be pretty, um, pretty inclined to say no. And, yeah. and try to go elsewhere at least first for a while. Um, so it's different now. It's it's good depending on what you want to do and how you want to wrestle, whatever what style you want to compete under. You can kind of pick and choose which direction you go, which is fantastic for for the industry for for people like me. So it's pretty. Uh, I'm one of those weird people. Like I haven't watched a wrestling event probably in 15 years. But at sure. the same time, I've probably watched hundreds of hours of YouTube videos on wrestling. Yeah. My wife yep. says to me, like, I, I watch weird stuff on YouTube. You go down you go down rabbit holes, and for some reason, watching commentary on pro wrestling is one of those rabbit holes that I find really interesting. <laughs> good, but, good, but then yeah. won't watch an event for some reason. But yeah. um, the one, so I, like, I've, got, I've probably got weird pockets of knowledge that are, obscure, sure. that are weird and yeah, strange yeah. and obscure. But is the big thing, like, it's hard on the body? Like, the the schedule for the WWE sounds like horrible. Yeah. Um, I think they're on a four to five day a week schedule. Yeah. And then they sometimes they'll have like big overseas tours and they have to do multiple days and multiple crazy flights. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got friends who, who are currently in the WWE and friends who were in there in the past. And um, I think it seems pretty grueling from, from their feedback. Um, just, and, and it's not even just the, the bumps and bruises and things like that. You do get those. Yeah. But just the travel, just like, honestly traveling around the country, flying around the country, no sleep, yeah. having to find a hotel, find a gym to work out. Obviously, it's a pretty aesthetic business. You've got to stay in shape, yeah. um, find food to eat, and then the pressure of performing in front of tens of thousands. I think the mental pressure is as bad as the physical, yeah. um, especially in WWE. Whereas um, if you're on the independent scene, like I said, you can control your own schedule. So you can be as smart. Um, as you want with it in saying that a lot of people, because they're almost like a, an independent contractor, they make money only when they're working. Um, a lot of people take up some crazy, crazy independent schedules where they probably work more than a yeah. WWE. So it, yeah, it's really up to the, the individual. Um, I think the bumps and bruises are always a lot worse in the beginning when you first start because your body's not accustomed to it. Yeah. And then you kind of, you callous and you build up your body to the point where you know how to protect yourself and you can get through a long stretch of matches. Um, and then obviously the curve kind of comes down as you get older. Yeah. Like I'm, yep. I'm 31 at the moment and, and I'm starting to feel a little bit sore after matches. Like I always wake up and the, the spine's a little bit sore and like nothing serious, but yeah, there was a, there was a 10 year stretch there where I, you know, I could do anything and wake up and be fine the next day. So yeah, def definitely, definitely, it, it takes its toll. 
it takes its toll. I don't think we actually know too much about the body in, in hindsight. Like, you know, wrestling in the 80s compared to now. Yeah. Wrestling in the 80s was all like, you know, Hulk Hogan and they'd do, um, you know, big boot leg drop and that was the extent of their match. Now you've got people flipping off the top rope and diving off balconies and all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of shape we're in in 20 years' time. Yeah, you, ha- you hang around old gyms, like fight gyms are the same. I imagine wrestling gyms are the same. You like you speak to some of the old guys, and like the, you know, the, just point point to me the part of your body that isn't wrong somewhere. Like, I think MMA is almost the the opposite um, because you know MMA years ago, like you think like the shoot box academy and stuff, and they're knocking each other out every day at training. Yeah, they they know nothing about concussions and brain injuries, whereas yeah. now people are a lot smarter. So I would think some of the toll of those those past era fighters. Oh, would yeah. be massive compared to now. Definitely brain injury wise, like you know, not, I always say like you don't get anything for free in this world. Sure. Um, and that like you could going outside and breathing the air, living in a city takes years off. Like everything, but yeah. has yeah. a cost. Just make sure you're not paying too much for something that you don't really want, or you're paying right. too much for something you need. So definitely sure. the culture. There's still some. There's still some rough and ready gyms out there, um, but there's definitely. Definitely a lot more uh, smarter training practices. Um, but yeah. like all things, like, you're, you know, there's still the odd, you know, you do your elbow, you do your shoulder, you do, like, you know, soft tissue injuries, you're training, mm. five, training five, six days a week, maybe twice a day, you know, yeah. competitive stuff with another person. Mm. Like, things go wrong. And eventually, because yeah. I'm, I'm 32, I'm just hitting yeah. that rate, and I'm not, I, don't, I don't compete anymore. Um, but just training, still training six days a week. Mm. It's like ah, oh, same thing as you. I'm like, I feel sore today, or yeah. I might, I might, I might just coast and coach today. I might not jump in there and yeah. do do 15 rounds because like I feel, I feel my body's not holding up to this anymore. Sure, sure, yeah, definitely. Um, makes you it makes you think like, what if you were smarter when you were younger and exactly backed off a little bit? Because I know I was as stupid as anyone else, and I, I'll probably spend um, as much time prehabbing and rehabbing and, and stretching now as yeah. I do actually training. Whereas in the past that was, that was non-existent. So, um, but you know, live and learn. I think we all go through the same process. I, I'm exactly the same. And I, I talk to some of the young fighters now and yeah, you know, I can't get too no, mad no. at you cause I was exactly the same. No, like, no, why, no, no. why would I spend time stretching and foam rolling when I could be training? Like it's boring. <laughs> 100% exactly. So what's the go with your new YouTube channel? Is that, that is new or have you just started posting on it more or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I currently um, put out what, a week, <laughs> weekly or bi-weekly videos just based on pro wrestling training. And it was uh, an idea that I always had in mind. Part of it, part of it just from a marketing sense um, in wrestling, especially independent wrestling, you kind of have to stay relevant and my, my with social media. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, With, um, I'll just lock him out before he jumps up. <laughs> we had to wait until we talked about something serious. Think easy. Actually, yeah. Outside. He's a he's a frequent podcast guest, Zeke. Oh, lovely. He manages to find his way in, get through a closed door. Good cameo. Okay. Sorry, you were saying. Um. Yeah. So, what was I saying? YouTube. Oh, the YouTube channel. Yeah, so um, you have to stay relevant in wrestling and, and social media is a big thing and a lot of the wrestlers who have 
a really good social media game are actually the ones who are getting the attention and getting the bookings and things like that. So um, I always I always have in mind, you know, what's the new way I can hustle? Um, things like podcasts have always been something I've entertained and um, all sorts of things. So I've I've been the head coach in uh, Perth at the EPW Pro Wrestling School, and after two years of doing it, there were so many cool things we were doing and. Just, I'd go and do seminars at different in different cities, and a lot of the people come up afterwards and just be like, "Man, I never knew like those little things. I've never done anything like this and that kind of thing." And I just thought, like, everything's hidden away. You know, we're not we're not putting things online. There's there's a bit of a there's always been a bit of a stigma in pro wrestling that we have to keep it all behind closed doors and not let too much out. And I just thought, people know what's going on. People want to learn. People want to know how to get better. Um, if they don't have access to it because Australia is so vast, you know, why not put it online and give people the opportunity to see what goes on back where I'm from? So, um, yeah, started putting out a weekly show, and, and it's as simple as I go down to training, film a few drills that we do, talk about them, talk people through it, and, uh, and then they can go and try it themselves. Um, the one biggest thing that's actually helped is people who want to get into wrestling. So a lot of people come in very, very un- unprepared. And yeah. when they go through the tryout process, uh, it's almost a bit of a shock to the system and it scares them off. So hopefully, I know a few people have reported back that they've started doing some of the drills and exercises that I've talked people through so that when they do a tryout um, you know, in the next few months or whatever, they're going to be a bit better prepared for what's to come. And on, on that note, it's... Uh, it's it's been mostly a conditioning type thing, so yeah. it's it's actually been a lot of uh, things I've done in jiu-jitsu and things like that as well. So it's a bit more on the conditioning side, but I'm I'm trying to I'm going to eventually branch out towards the actual wrestling and, and that kind of technique. So I really just want to cover all bases and, and just have it as this overall hub for learning about the industry. And um, I mean, I've already done, put episodes out where I just talk about more just backstage stuff and, and etiquette and things like that. So. Yeah, just almost like a bit of a bit of a database into what goes what goes into our training school and what we teach our guys and and how I coach and um, as a benefit I get to get my name out there and, and it's almost like a resume for my coaching career. So, is, is there many people doing that in pro wrestling? Because because what you just described is mm. every jujitsu coach's game plan. There's thousands of of jujitsu coaches trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Is that no, not translated no. over to your community? No, 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 no. For some reason, people haven't taken advantage of that. Like, there's a there's a few. There's been a couple of channels in the past that did it, but yeah. they they didn't really put a whole lot of effort in. Like, it was it was kind of just like you know, film this, put it online. Yeah. And I thought I kind of combined that with what other people are doing with successful YouTube shows. And yeah. I mean, like, I'm not I'm not technical at all. Like, I'm kind of learning as I go and teaching myself. But um, I thought, well all right, why not put the good stuff out there, add things like music, add some graphics, like just make it a little bit more presentable yeah. and turn it into a regular thing rather, whereas others have just put out a random show here and there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just use social media. Like why not? You've got so much reach at your hands now. Use it. Yeah. And, and I've seen so many videos in jiu-jitsu camps and things like that and, and that's what inspires me. So I, I try to take a lot of things from outside wrestling and bring it in. Yeah, we're a little bit we're a little bit in the dark ages still in wrestling, and we're only just starting to, uh, yeah, understand 
the, the new technologies and things like that. So I'm just trying to, yeah, just trying to make the most of every tool I have at my disposal. Definitely a good idea. I think MMA, I'll say jiu-jitsu, like there's almost two camps because I, I definitely understand what you're talking about with your, that old school mentality. Like, you know, the, yeah. you know, like for example, like with my school, we've just started adding a fundamentals class. For the sure. longest time it was, if you were new, just throw you in the deep end and it's like, yeah. well, you know, figure it out. Um, and especially like yeah. my personality type, like I loved that. It was um, yeah. sink or swim. I'm like, great. Like I have to try hard. But not everyone has the same personality type as me. And just because they don't have the same personality type as me doesn't mean it's not something they want to do. Um, so really trying to have a way that lets everyone do it. And my yeah. personality at 30 is not the same as my personality at 21 exactly. when 100%. I you know, was young and dumb. Whereas like now I'd be like, ah, sure. those dickheads go too hard. I'm going to go somewhere else. But you know, at least <laughs> teaches me the technique before they throw me in the deep end. Oh, yeah, you're speaking to the choir. That's the biggest transition we've gone through the last couple of years with wrestling. It's exactly the same. We were, we were weeding people out because we wanted to keep it old school, keep that respect. Yep. And, uh, you know, we had people um, that, you know, they'd go through a tryout process and they're 18 years old, haven't done a whole lot of fitness, haven't, don't have the discipline yet, ha- yep. don't have the life experience yet. They're going through these training camps and, you know, they're violently ill and <laughs> yeah. they can't walk for a week. And for me, I love that. Like, I love being, I've always loved being pushed. Yeah. But 95% of people don't love that. Yes. And what we'll find is they, they would go, they would either just leave wrestling completely and they could have potentially been a talent in, in years' time if we actually nurtured them properly. Yeah. Or they go to the other camps that don't have tryouts and they let everyone in and, hey, every, it's come and try. Everyone come in and learn. And they're not going to teach you as well, and you're going to pick up bad habits and this and that, and and um, it's going to be worse for professional wrestling in general. Yeah. So yeah, now that we 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 don't even call it a tryout anymore, we call it an open day, and, yeah. I, and I still make it tough for the guys. Like it's, I still let them know, hey, this isn't easy, yes. and uh, it, it, it's tough, but I do it within what I can see as their. Uh, like their potential. I do it to where their level it at is the moment. I gauge where they're at. And if I get a group who are completely not in shape, I'm not going to make them do 500 squats in a row Yeah. when they haven't been off the couch in the last 10 years. Like I'm going to at least give them a chance to like have a little bit of success and feel a little bit good about themselves. And then we'll keep pushing them and pushing them throughout their training. And I've seen people who 100% wouldn't have made it through one of the old tryouts. Like, no no way in hell. And now there's some of the top guys in, in the industry. So, yeah, um, I, I think times are changing and we're a little bit a little bit more clever about the way we do things. Yeah, the, doing something because it's always been done that way. Like, I, I'm a big fan of tradition. There's some things you want to keep, but, yeah. yeah. Oh, we've, we've always done it that way. It just, you know, it gets rid of the pussies or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really poor attitude. You know what I mean? You've just... Like, even if you want to be a selfish person, it's like you've just eliminated your own training partners. Definitely, definitely. Exactly right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all about equal opportunity. Yeah. But I, I, I've got expectations. People have to – they've got to earn it. They definitely have to earn it. But, um, yeah, I, I like to give everyone a chance and just kind of like see what makes them tick first before I start pushing them over the edge. Yeah, exactly. Like, is it, you don't want things to be too easy because, like, you, you, no. anything you get for free isn't worth it. You know, there's no satisfaction. But Absolutely. at the same time, it's that, it's that fine balance. But I think there's 
again, it sounds like you're going down the same path, but that I call it like new school MMA, new school jiu-jitsu style where people are more getting all the good things out of it and then applying sure. it to like a modern philosophy. Yep, absolutely. And if, look, if, they're, if they're not made out to do it, they're going to be gone either way. They're, they're not going to... They're not going to survive. So I, I don't think you have to worry about people being there for five years and not deserving it or, yeah. or whatever, whatever. Like The very fact that you've been there for five years kind of says yeah. it all. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get there in the end, I think. Do you get many, um, do you get many like really athletic people that are lazy? We get a lot of people in general who are yeah. lazy. <laughs> I think the same goes for any, any yeah. sport or industry. Um, yeah. Different people who are, people who are motivated, people who are disciplined. And I always say that, you know, motivation is temporary. Discipline is, is forever. Yeah. And a lot of people start off quite motivated for the first year or two. And um, for whatever reason, maybe they get a bit complacent and they they become lazy and don't quite fulfill their potential. Yeah. You know, they, a lot of people show a lot of early promise and perhaps get, we call it, we call it a push. You know, they get a lot of spotlight yeah. maybe too early. And uh, they think a little bit too highly of themselves and become very entitled. But they, uh, you know, we never stop learning. I, I've been doing this for 16 years and I don't stop learning. And I've, I haven't stopped training since in those 16 years. I've never stopped training. And then I see people two years in who stopped training because, you know, they, they got to the main event on a show. So, you know, they're good. They're fine. They're happy with, with no more getting learning to that for point. me. No, I mean, and, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm fairly ambitious, but I, at the very least, I always want to go a step higher than I have been, so I, I never want to be complacent. So, yeah, we, we get we get people like that, and then we get people who um, don't have natural talent and bust their ass, and unfortunately don't don't get there either. There's just yeah, so many different personality types mm. in the world, unfortunately. So yeah, ta- talent talent's only a small part of the equation. I think it takes a lot more, and we get a lot of people who are talented footy players, rugby players talented uh martial artists yeah and they they either translate that those kind of skills really well and mm. they're very coordinated and do well and then others it's just too big a difference and they struggle and that's a huge mental hurdle mm. for them going from something they're really good at coming over and then hold on like i'm good at everything how might how is this so difficult for me um that's part of the game we, yeah, we have that's that's kind of what I was getting at. That's what we have the same. We have like we have a lot of people that are like I don't want to rag on footy players, but that's the easiest one to come to mind. Like really yeah. athletic, A grade footy sure. players. And yeah. the thing about especially jujitsu, like everyone is shit for a while. Yeah. No one's yeah. good when they start. Some people learn quicker than others, but everyone's gonna be the nail for yes. a while. Um yeah. and like you said, if you if you're used to being the star player of everything you've ever done. You've never had to overcome because you just were naturally a little bit better than everyone else. That's really, really hard. We have a huge dropout rate for those people. I, I find more than anything, more than yep. people that, um, you know, potentially don't have a lot of background, people that might just be uncoordinated or haven't got a, you know, aren't very fit. The people that struggle mm-hmm. the most is the people that are really athletic and are really fit. And yeah. they just can't mentally, can't handle it. Yep, I'd agree. I think it's exactly the same for us. I can't empathise. I was I was always a very uncoordinated kid. So I played a lot of sport, yeah, um, but I was never super fit. I was never super strong. Um, I just loved wrestling, and and I think, yeah, I was never I was never ever ever going to drop out. 
because I, I just loved it too much and ego wasn't definitely wasn't an issue back then. Oh, so, we, yeah, it's a running joke we've got at our club. It's like if you um, – because we'll play a warm-up game or something every once in a while, the ball game, and it's just – it's amazing how uncoordinated ball sports martial artists are. So it's <laughs> like if you were good at ball sports, you wouldn't find martial arts. There's always an odd exception, but on yeah. average, the average – Ball sports ability of martial artists is much lower than the average population. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> no, that's fair. I see. Go no. cool, uh, So I've I've kept you uh, probably longer than I pro- than I than I said I would. Just having a great chat. What would you like to plug? Do you anything you want to get out there? What what is what is your what is your YouTube channel? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so World Beater Wrestling is uh, my YouTube channel. If you go through that link, you'll find it. Um, I put up I put up videos every Thursday weekly, and I think even for people who aren't pro wrestling fans, it's it's, it's good stuff. Like it, it's stuff that translates well to anything. Like I said, a lot of the drills and tips I picked up from grappling, um, and I've had people who have zero interest in wrestling who have watched it and said, "Yeah, cool. I started doing this because." Like we do a lot of neck strength and mobility things and yeah. they started applying that because they were having uh, neck issues and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'll put out some, some good conditioning tips and things like that. And uh, also, you know, pull, like I said, I pull the curtain back a little bit and reveal a few things about um, what it takes to be a wrestler and that kind of thing. So I, I think there's something for everyone on there. Um, as for, I mean, as for pro wrestling, I, I think – like I said, there's, there's places everywhere that put out some really good stuff. It's, it's starting to take off in the world, and, and people who don't even traditionally are wrestling fans are starting to enjoy it. We get we've got a whole new fan base who are coming along once a month and just having an awesome night out. So um, I wrestle for Explosive Pro Wrestling in Perth, uh, and also wrestle Rampage in Adelaide, amongst others. So if you ever get an opportunity to see one of these shows, I, I guarantee you, you'll enjoy yourself and. It'll really open your mind to, to the kind of stuff we do. Let me know next time you're in Adelaide for one of them. Cause I've, sure. I've, I've got to go to a local wrestling show. Has definitely, to be done. Definitely. I'm going to get real drunk and be yeah, boisterous. Oh, but apart from that, I'm coming to have a look. It's good fun. All bets are off. Like, you know, you can yell, you can shout, you can drink whatever you want. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's a real night out. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you very much for your time. We will Cheers. be in touch. Excellent. Thank you. Have a good flight. No worries, man. Cheers.